to another episode of The Music Guys, the podcast about a couple of guys making a living in the music industry. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Al. I'm a singer-songwriter, record producer, mixer, educator, guitarist, coming at you from the East Danforth in the city of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. My co-host, as always, on the line here, Michael Hebs, coming at you from Etobicoke, Ontario, uh, guitarist, vocalist, producer, mixer, film composer, educator. How are you, Look my this dude? Bouquet behind me. I think that's how you call it. It's like the the blurriness behind me. You guys oh. can't see this, so this is yeah. just Ral. Just imagine a man wearing a burgundy. Is this burgundy? Yeah, I would say it's plum. From, yeah, plum wearing yeah. a plum sweater. Yeah, and handsome face, and then just fades into blurriness with the camera. That's it's beautiful. You can't see it, and we're not posting this to YouTube. So, you know what I started watching uh, last week, and we just binged right through it. Was that '90s show on Netflix? Was it actually check, good? Let me check that out. Is uh, you know what? I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. <laughs> sometimes fun. it's fun. Well, you know, sometimes I go into like a you know a, a, a cinematic viewing experience or like watching a show or whatever. And, you know, I don't come at everything with, like, harsh expectations. Right? Sure. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. if you're going to go see, like, a, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson action movie, you know, I don't need to come away from that moved you're spiritually. You're going at The Rock. I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm there to have fun, and it's probably going to be fun. So You heard I found, it here. Uh, Al thinks Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a bad actor. Uh, tag him in this episode. Let's get <laughs> let's get a little <laughs> bit of controversy on. going, you know? Yeah, let's let's shake it up. Um, I like it. I only like the it a lot. the maybe the most successful actor of all time. Um, more successful than Stone Cold Steve Austin. So yeah, but anybody could have predicted that, you know. Um. So you know, anyway, we liked the show. Uh, it was fun, and the reason this came to me is because you really do look like uh, Kelso. Kelso, I got a Kelso vibe, eh? Yeah. Has anybody Man. ever told you that? Mila Kunis shacking up. Yeah, I've gotten yeah. that before. Yeah, yeah, you oh. got a you got a bit of a Kelso thing going on. I'm into it. I dig it. Yeah, you know he's, what, a, he's uh, a very handsome guy. Throwback. Dude yeah. wears my car. The dumbest, yeah. great movie ever. That was a good film. Yeah, yeah. I, I again, film. I like the word film too. Again, fun. Film. Yeah, yeah, fun. So fun. you know, for folks at, at home uh, listening to this derailment of a show, uh, yeah. just imagine you know a young handsome ashton kutcher uh in a plum sweater uh and yeah you're line not young buddy turning 34 in four days baby well, i'm i'm trying to flatter you it's uh, impossible i don't receive compliments your your cinematography is yes yeah, is, is is off the chain man you got like foreground you got some background elements and lighting got a little and light you know nice light focused, up here which you know we should be we should be doing the video podcast. We will, we will. You know, we're <laughs> we're we're just trying to keep it together. We're yeah. such busy, successful men. That's uh, right. You know, we can just barely afford the time to come talk to you, poor, poor people, you peasants, hapless, hopeless. You know, uh, yeah. Give you so, a little bit of so joy. De- so desperate for uh, for content that you're coming to us. Oh my god! Yeah, imagine. Be- <laughs> yeah, like who else? Like you know, go to UBK. Go to. Well, they're like, done. They're done. They've been done for a while, man. 
I haven't been keeping up on them. Oh man, they've been done for. They probably, probably got scared, you know. Probably doing pretty years. well. And uh, well, he he has a great YouTube channel actually called After Hours. Oh yeah, um, and he so talks like check really that whispery. Out. Yeah, it's very vibey. It's obviously it's, it's kind of his brand, but uh, yeah, it's I mean it's good. It's really 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 good stuff. So yeah, I mean, um, speaking of UBK. What are we yeah. talking about today, Al? Um, yeah, so that ties us right into our main topic, which is uh, audio effects. So exciting. The most exciting. But it is exciting if you use them. But also, too, to be honest, I think for an artist, it's super exciting, too, because it's like, these are the things that are on my song. Maybe these are the things that I hear on other people's songs, and I'm like, what is that? I love that. You know? Yeah. So instead yeah, of yeah. like, Oh, I heard a guitar on a song that I liked. It's like, oh, I heard like a fucking flanger. That's sick. Yeah, you, you know? can really um, blow away the musicians in the room by just hitting them with the lingo. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, ear training, but for effects. Right. So let's get into that. And, uh, and you know, but first would love to uh, just let everyone know that they can support this show Don't by – uh, sharing it with their friends, giving us five star reviews on iTunes oh. or other uh, other platforms, subscribing, clicking subscribe oh on your podcast app of choice. Maybe download like a few different podcast apps and just wow. hit subscribe on all of them. I love that. Yeah, I hope yeah. that's illegal because we are pro illegal things on this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll feel dangerous. Yeah, while you're yeah, doing yeah. it. So. You know, let's see. It's we win and you win. You get the excitement of uh, you know duping the system, and and then we get there to reap go. those benefits. The fat cats at Apple Music. Yeah, is it Apple Podcasts? Apple now? Podcasts. Yeah. If we were um, professionals, we'd know this. So you know, you can go ahead and do all those things. And if you really, really want to help us out, uh, you can check out our Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Music Guy Podcast. And with that, let's get into. The topic here, Mike, you brought this topic I to did. us today. Um, we're just going to go over some effects, audio effects. These are – we were trying to figure, like, what's – what do we – are these musical effects? Are they What are they called? Yeah. And we landed yeah. on audio effects because these are not effects that are generated by, like, the way you play or sing a note. They're yeah. generated by, like, you singing or playing a note and it going through a piece of equipment that does something funky to it and then uh, makes it sound cool. So um, – that's what we're talking about today. Let's hear it. So one of the things that I never looked up because, you know, I'm a bozo. Uh, where where do audio effects come from? I'm sure they, they were around, you know, around the time of recording. What's the Humber history on the beginning of recording? We had to learn it in first year. Do you, oh, do you remember I don't what remember. year it was? No. I, I oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, it's, all, it's all started with uh, wax uh cylinders right was that the yeah, first thing or was it uh or was it tin um yeah i, I don't remember, know well i guess yeah. i guess actually even before that it would have been like the player piano right like yeah the, like the, the the concept that you could have like a reel um that could like spin around and and have a, a pattern um you know imprinted on it such that it would like strike different keys cause different keys yeah. to be struck uh, and create a song. So, I mean, that was like, you know, maybe the earliest. But then I think there were like tin, something with tin. Yeah. Oh, that, I that you did could do really to, bad at Humber history. 
to uh, record, and then it was wax, clump. Uh, wax. Um, I want to say spools. I don't think that's right, but maybe that's what you would call it. Some a wax, like wax that. cylinder. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's all wax. Some... And then you know, vinyl and and digital, whatever. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. Well, tape, of course, in there. As but well. like, I thought it was like nineteen twenties. Wasn't it like nineteen twenties? Yeah, when, that like, sounds about right. Yeah, nineteen yeah, twenties. Yeah. But like, so I would imagine shortly afterwards they realized they could put effects on things, and I would imagine this would be around the time that they invented like multi-track recording, not just recording on one single track. You know, not just putting like a whole right. band in a room. Yeah, um, and just throwing up a microphone. You're not really gonna yeah. want to mess around with effects as much uh, in that. Although, I mean, yeah. that could be. I mean, a lot of people still mess with one mic recordings even now just to sort of like give themselves creative limitations and you could do some cool stuff with effects for sure in that situation but you're right but like, it would be on every instrument yeah it'd be on your you whole know? your whole be on um, your mix bus you know yeah uh, all of that mix bus. it's a good place so, to put some stuff you know i feel like maybe uh the easiest place to start is like guitar pedals but like yeah, a yeah. lot of these effects i'm trying to think of one there's maybe one that doesn't uh maybe three that don't translate to like audio so like say for instance i've heard like people put flangers and courses on like symbols and shit before you know totally yeah like that you know like they all kind of have their place um so yeah if you're a guitarist and you want to know more about effects or if you're an artist and you want to know more about you know uh what are the things that are going on in your tracks or could go on your tracks or what are in other people's tracks so let's start a guitar because yeah i'm a guitarist well, um, and it's where so many of the effects live, really, in terms yeah. of like the, you know, the the super sound altering effects. You don't put a big reverb on the sub bass. Typically, no. Okay, you good could, to know. you know, good. But to guitar know. is that, you know, guitar is that instrument that just gets all the the love. I guess synthesizers as well all are the kind toys, of maybe. built on uh, on these types <clears throat> of effects as well. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to stop interrupting you. I'm going to let you do anything. No, no. To be honest, I'm winging it. I just have a list (laughs) of effects. Um, But students ask me about this all the time. Like, how do I get good tone? And it's like, well, I don't know that, but I know what effects are. Um, So in terms of guitar, uh, I would imagine, you know, one good channel to actually check out, oh, JHS, JHS pedals. He goes through the history of effects. So he actually Mm. knows what he's talking about. He makes pedals. But he actually goes through the history of, like, what's the first guitar pedal? He plays it. You know, like, he'll play, like, what's the first distortion pedal? And then he'll play that, and then he'll go through sort of the eras of it. It's very cool. Cool. We're going to do, like, a shittier version of that. Right. Um, so, essentially, kind with of guitar, <laughs> it, it sort of boils down to, like, some different, like, areas. Like, the way that it's organized on my old, uh, you know, Line 6 Helix mm. is into, like, distortions and stuff like that. So, like, say, for instance, in the distortion category, the four that I've sort of uh, divided it into are boosts, overdrives, distortion, uh, and fuzz. Um, All right. So, uh, in terms of a boost, what a boost does is it's meant to give you a volume boost to solo, but it also does kind of drive the amp a little bit harder. So, if you're using a tube amp, it's going to add a little bit of that distorted sound that most people are familiar with. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like... You don't know what distortion is, and you're a musician. I, this episode might not be able to help you. <laughs> um, uh, but like, so I mean, distorted guitars. Uh, you know, like every recording ever 
if you listen yeah. to a rock recording, the guitar rock chances record. are it's not clean, it's distorted. Metal. Yeah. Metal, yeah. exactly. Metal. Everything is distorted except for yeah. when it's not. I've heard some polyphia that doesn't have that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, um, uh, you know what I will I will jump in here though yeah. is I think distortion is a little bit on um mis miscategorized mis yeah misnomer. Uh, misunderstood misunderstood oh so when people think distortion you know they think like heavy guitar yeah. sounds right um and so this is where it's sort of like you know d- distortion in like a mixing sense can be a very subtle very light sure. sort of thing harmonic distortion Sure. You know, yeah, where, exactly. you know, that, you are distorting uh, certain frequencies on a sound, but it's not in a uh, in a way where you would sort of like your ear would say, wow, that's distorting. It would, yeah, it not would, as oh, obvious no, as like sounds, a punk rock guitar. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. That's so, not the same thing. You know, distortion uh, in the case of guitars, for sure, it's, it's that sort of sound that everybody knows, but it actually can be applied – to uh, you know anything from a, a vocal i'll put a little i'll put a little distortion on a vocal quite often yeah uh kick drum snare drum just a little bit that aggression you know? the lo-fi plugin that's aggression the lo-fi plugin we've talked about it before uh, i fucking love so, that plugin you know it's distortion free. can be but the other thing too is like you've got overdrive and you've got distortion like what are the differences between yeah. those yeah so like so say for instance in terms of the why the reason that i sort of put these together is they're almost like levels of distortion but obviously the circuits are different um, and what they're doing to the audio signal is different. That's a JHS question. That is not a Mike Hebb's question because I do not know these things. Boost, solo boost, and therefore you get, you know, a little bit of extra drive from the amp. Uh, it drives it harder, so it maybe saturates it a little bit too. Overdrive, more so even. And you're not necessarily getting a boost out of that, right? So I can toss on an overdrive and it can take an amp, like a tube amp that's clean, and it can start to make it what's called break up a little bit, you mm-hmm. know? So uh, if you think of a completely clean tone, um, have you ever heard one by Metallica? Do, 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 yeah, yeah. Do, do, do. I think there's an acoustic blended in there, but that's like, that is as undistorted as it gets. Right. Uh, and apparently that's just, uh, that's recorded on the Roland Jazz Chorus. Uh, Someone was telling me about that. Amp. I kind of want to get one. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a wicked amp. Well, you yeah. have one. It's inside of your quad cortex. Oh, yes. wait. Oh, oh, oh. oh. He's throwing fucking shade at my <laughs> Line 6 Helix. It's a great pedal for Yeah, no, it's a Helix. Got the, Helix has got the rolling yeah. thing going on, too. Um, sorry, just had to come at you with that. Uh, so, yeah, so some people use a, like an EQ pedal as a boost. Have yeah. you ever done that? Yeah, exactly, where they put almost like they put, they make it increase the volume, but they also do like a mid hump in it so it yeah. has like a mid and that's good for soloing uh you know so it cuts through the mix uh the big thing though is there's this overdrive versus distortion thing distortion is more like what you're talking about you know the orange pedal that everybody had the boss ds1 ds1 yeah. baby oh yeah uh and it's on all the punk rock records you know in the 90s Mm. All of those distortion guitars, like some 41 and shit like that. Yeah. That is the boss DS1 distortion. That is a very obvious thing that you can hear and be like, fuck, that's distorted. Uh, whereas an overdrive, yeah, I don't think uh, someone who's not a guitarist wouldn't hear it. It just sounds like a different tone. You know, the amp's driven harder. Guitar breakup mm. is something that's hard to convey uh, since we don't have audio examples. But like a lot of guitars aren't completely clean you know so distortion is different than that distortion is like shit 
that is distorted. Um, fuzz is almost even more so. Fuzz is messier. Now, in terms of like fuzz, I mean, you got to think about like retro 70s sort of stuff. Um, like if you ever listen to Jack White from the, the uh, not the Black Eyed oh, yeah. Peas, White Stripes. White Stripes. That's like yeah. fuzz. He uses fuzz all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a hard one because I actually don't have a recording off mind. It's not as common. It's very messy. It's very strange. Those are like the four sort of distorted area things though that we're, we're getting into. Yeah, distortions to me, like distortion still has um, a transient to it, meaning sure. like an attack, right? Like you can palm yeah. mute a distortion and you still get that you still get that attack and you yeah. can really have it be quite pointy uh, and percussive. Whereas with a fuzz, I feel like if you like palm mute a fuzz or strum a fuzz, like you don't get that that yeah. snap at the front of the note at all. It's just it's just totally. One um, of the neat things, though, with all of these pedals is you can roll back your volume knob on your guitar. So, mm. like Jimi Hendrix, apparently a big thing he would do is I think it's the Arbiter Fuzz. It's, I think it's a big gray pedal. He'd have that super distorted at full volume, and then when he rolls back the volume on his guitar, he gets this like different clean tone. It's not quite clean, um, but uh, I'm trying to think like of other songs with like fuzz like purple haze Jimi hendrix has fuzz on it but it's not mm-hmm. that's not like over the top fuzz you know like it's it's not super distorted um doesn't really matter i so yeah. that is like a guitar specific thing you know like i wrote later a list of maybe like plugins that you wouldn't see on a guitar signal mm-hmm. um you know and names for them that maybe your your sound engineer or maybe when you're mixing you're thinking of but uh, if someone says, oh, I threw a saturation on this, guitarists don't really talk in terms like saturation for pedals. Like there's no such thing as a saturation pedal that I know of. Mm. Um, they would call that maybe like a uh, an overdrive or a boost. Right, um, right. The ones that are like the most obvious ones that I think the most people would be aware of are something like a reverb and delay. Right, yeah. You know, like they're, they're pretty hard to mistake uh, especially in guitar context, because generally when guitar players like me put them on, we put too much of them on. Um, so our signal is just soaked in these sort of, what they would call it wetness. The signal's too wet. Wetness. Yeah. Um, and so like, as you know, reverb is essentially the sound of a room. And yeah. if you listen to my microphone, uh, you can hear my room in this mix. Right. Now, Al's going to have a noise gate, another effect, they will cut off some of that, but still I'm going to be noisier than Al's signal uh, in terms of room reverb. Mine's not a big reverb. A big reverb is like stuff like a church. When you're in a church and you sing or you clap or you're in a gymnasium and you clap, you can hear not really like an echo. It's like an affected echo. That's going to be reverb. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of songs that have reverb on them, I mean, every vocal ever, not really, but a lot of them. Pretty much though. Yeah. Very Yep. They're going to be soaked in reverb. There's tons of different types of reverb. Not really, I mean, I don't really know them too well, uh, but it's also kind of boring to get into them, like convolution reverb versus Yeah, I mean, a a couple of like standout ones to look for, uh, very common on guitars is a spring reverb. Oh, for sure. Which is not, 
Yeah, which is yeah. not modeled at because a lot of reverbs like what you're talking about are modeled after actual sure. spaces. You can get yes. convolution or impulse response reverbs that are modeled after, uh, like you said, a church or a, a theater or whatever, a, a recording studio room, yeah. uh, or even like a specific, like there's a there's all Abbey kinds Road of them now, like Ocean Way yeah. Studios reverb, like yeah, supposed sure. to sound like their tracking room or whatever. It sounds really good, um, but then there's there's sort of artificial reverbs like springs, which I don't know how it works exactly, but there's a spring in the guitar amp that uh, rattles around and creates a, a reverb sound. Do you know how spring reverb works? I don't. Yeah. Uh, Something I like that. I just know that when and, you drop an amp that has reverb on it, like built into it, it makes a sound. Yeah, because there is a, a spring moving <clears throat> around in there. So that um, uh, is a very classic guitar reverb sound. And then for yeah. vocals, the plate reverb, oh, which is sure. another uh, I don't know when to use plates, though. Like, what is a plate like? A plate is like a lead vocal. Yeah. Uh, sometimes drums. Yeah. It's got but, a pretty, like, speci- like when, when you pull it up, you're like, oh, it's that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do have troubles differentiating between all these. I mean, all of I these mean, effects, like part of the job of the guitarist like when you get to our level is like recognizing these effects like oh that's not a hall reverb that's a you know that's a spring reverb you mm-hmm. know uh or yeah as you as you were saying like uh what was the other effect you were talking about plate reverb yeah plate reverb i actually can't really tell the difference like even like room reverb uh that's been popping up on guitar pedals as well mm-hmm. um the funny thing about a lot of these effects as well, too, is on guitar specifically, a lot of pedals will have a bit of both in them. So I've had reverbs that have a chorusing effect on the reverb. Okay. Um, yeah. Which is great, you know? Yeah, yeah. All of the the Helix ones, like the the newer model ones, that's what they have on them. They have the, the idea to have modulation effects, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, yeah. The other sort of time-based effect would be delay. Uh, and delay oddly adds a similar but different thing to reverb of like wetness. You know, there are some mm-hmm. people, Andrew Sheps was saying he doesn't use a lot of uh, reverb, he uses delays, like right. short delays. Yeah. Um, which yeah. Is a lot of, a lot of mixers are, are quoted as saying they don't use reverb at all yeah. or hardly at all. Yeah. Yeah. They I use struggle like, with getting it to sit right. Yeah, I mean, it can really like fog up a mix, right? Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, there's there's a couple different reasons why you would use uh, like reverb in particular. Um, the 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 number one reason to use reverb is for an effect, and when I say sure. that, yeah. it sounds like I'm just being redundant, but like y- you can hear it; it's there; it's part of the sound. It's not an enhancement. Um, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And the other reason would be to sort of imply some space in the track sure so maybe tuck things back a bit you're saying or to just to sort of like uh, just sort of set like a sound stage almost sure that you know um to to yeah i guess set things back yes make the listener feel like they're further away from what's happening put a little bit of separation there which i mean you i would say generally in like pop music and and modern rock music is not there all that often okay stuff is very like like space kind of like you know traditionally you'd be like all right i've got a drum set i'm gonna send it to a room reverb so it feels like it's 
in a room or it feels yes. like it's on a stage and yes. you sort of you know feels like there's bleed from the other mics creating yeah. that ambience yeah. and, and i just feel like nowadays everything is so mixed so upfront in your face that people stay away from reverbs other than sure. to you know elongate the snare that's a very common one and then on a vocal you know a plate reverb or something always sounds really good um i mean in terms of or for some kind of crazy effect yeah in terms of like i'm trying to think of songs that don't have a lot of reverb on the vocals and like something like Billie eilish's bad guy the verses yeah. like her really whispery parts like dries a bone. lot of reverb yeah oh, yeah and they're like they're really in your face you know what yeah I mean? so the i mean she'll she'll come in with a reverb for an effect at a specific time yes. but sort of her her sort of uh, generics the wrong word her her standard sort of sound for her is is pretty what you call dry um the, one of the reverb that we could touch on real quick is the gated reverb sure uh I which is like the i wouldn't the be able phil to collins the sound of it. yeah well it's the phil collins do 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 yes right that's got gated reverb on it um and so noise so, gate is something we can talk about later as well that's more in like the yeah. plug-in section but yes gated reverb for so it's sure. a combination of yeah of a reverb and a gate where the the reverb um uh is sort of the 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 front and back of the of any given reverb notice is chopped off so you get this kind of choppy mm. um you know uh, what has sound. an interesting reverb like that uh slow hands mm-hmm Low hands has is that gated reverb? That's gated reverb, yeah. It's as far as I know. That yeah. is cool as shit. I watched a video yeah. with the the uh, apparently the person who who mixed it and they showed their chain and yeah, it was a, it was a it was a gated reverb thing. That yeah, is really neat. I mean, that's the big thing. I feel like we're getting to the point. Of- or you know what? I'm sorry. It was a gate on the vocal. It was a gate oh, right on the vocal. Oh, and it was um, set to cut off at awkward times. Set him to set just the threshold in a certain way that it was kind of chopping up the vocal in a cool way. Yeah. Um, and then there was um, there was some verb on there too. May, may have also had a gate on that. But That's the thing. Uh, like I feel like the most musical – We might as well explain what a noise gate is since we're talking sure, about yeah, it. Sure, yeah. We've right? talked about it so much. So like a noise gate is um, – uh, you could actually just think of it as a literal gate – like yep. that opens and closes and you set a threshold to when um, the noise or the audio signal is below that threshold, uh, the gate is closed. So you hear no sound or you hear a reduced amount of sound based on how you've set it up. Yep. And then when the amount of audio uh, surpasses that threshold, the gate opens and all of a sudden the audio is released and it just sounds, you know, quote unquote normal how it would have sounded without a gate on it. So what yep. you end up with is you, people usually use this to reduce sort of sound in between important uh, parts of their notes. So I have a gate on my microphone right now so yes. that when I'm not talking, if like my dog walks by or something, that won't come into the microphone. But also, you can it's use on it. Zoom already. Zoom has a yeah, gate Zoom's got built, a built into in. it. Yeah. You know? So pretty common. Uh, but then, of course, you can use it for effect and uh, in in sort of interesting ways to create um, all these Never cool done sounds. That. That's really neat. I mean, if you didn't have one on, you'd constantly hear like, yeah, that too. Yeah, like I got a, my fan running right. Oh, my fan is that. super loud. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of loudness, though, figured out a reason why people. I might have said this on an earlier podcast. Why people use Macs as recording computers? There, oh, because they're silent. Yes. yes. Yeah, I was listening to some things on power supplies because I was buying a power supply for my computer. 
and uh, the one guy was talking about it, how Steve Jobs wouldn't even, he, at first, he, they really had to fight him to have a fan in the computer. He wanted right. to have a computer that had no fan because silence was very important to him, which makes a big difference on recording vocals. Obviously, if you, you know, appropriately position the mic away from the computer, it does. It's not a big deal. But, uh, you know, we're sitting in front of our computers right now. Yeah, but I mean, studios will go as far as like putting a computer like in a sealed cabinet essentially so that it it doesn't make sound. For sure, I've seen that. Those are hard to build. I actually looked into doing that. You have to build, you have to make sure that the heat dissipates. Yeah, it'd be hard Um, with the heat and, and writing all the cabling and stuff, but I've seen it. It's craziness. We talked about delay though. Delay and reverb, these are generally combined with these next set of effects, which are called modulation effects. And actually in Pro Tools and a lot of recording programs, uh, when you pull these up for audio plugins, they'll be set aside in a modulation sort of, you know, uh, folder. Uh, Now, some of these effects, I don't know how they're doing them. Um, So like, say for instance, chorus, I'm, I'm fairly certain I understand. And you correct me if I'm wrong. Chorus is when it creates a duplicate of your sound, but it slightly detunes it. Yep, that's absolutely yeah. right. Or yeah. um, multiple du- duplicates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would think that that sounds bad. It's not detuning it by like a fret, you know, or like no, by no, like yeah, a it's semitone. by by sense. Oh, yeah. and it Very sounds little. great. Yeah, it does. It adds like a depth to it. And I mean, I guess in a sense why it would be called chorus. It would be like when you're singing with other people, right? Yeah. When, uh, it, it does kind of, if you really turn up the effect, it makes it sound like several instrumentalists or yeah. singers singing at once. Yeah. It's kind of the idea. And yeah. like, I guess this in a plug in f- format, obviously you have chorus, but I've seen stuff like vocal doublers that mm-hmm. are trying to emulate the sound of singing with multiple people. Uh, I'm sure they're fine, but I'm sure it's just better to sing multiple takes. Double track, um, yeah. But uh, so chorus, I'm trying to think of uh, what chorus would be on. Every I, song in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, there are certain effects that are just like really obnoxious in the 80s, like reverb on everything, just like yeah. really processed reverb yeah. um, on snares and shit. Uh, chorus, like more than a feeling. I think that's... So, I, yeah, I, I, I feel I start, like more than a feeling by Boston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... I I have troubles distinguishing sometimes sometimes between a bunch of chorus or a little bit of flanger or a little bit of phaser. They all blur together for me. Yeah, they do very similar things. Yeah, and I don't know. Like the next two obviously are uh, flangers and phasers. And if you put a gun to my head, I'm not going to be able to tell the difference between the two of them. I wrote down the names of some songs that they're on, allegedly. Uh, phaser is more like I hear when I hear a flanger, I think it's a phaser. I never think of flanger. Mm. Um, but so a flanger is allegedly on killing in the name of. And if you listen to that first, you know, distortion chord, it goes. You right. Know, when he hits it. Uh, and this is Rage Against the Machine we're talking about. Yeah. It, that, it almost that, sounds like the chord is rotating, right? Yes. Is that yes. the effect that you're talking about? Now, is that like a Leslie? Is a Leslie like a phaser or a flanger or is that its own thing? I think thing? it is. Well, okay. I, is it so creating those If anybody things? who really knows what they're talking about is listening to this podcast, they're like probably, oh, you know, just wanting to strangle us. To kill us. Um, yeah. So, so I feel like fa- like we're talking about flanger, phaser, 
talking about Flanger, right? Either or. I think they do the same thing, though, where they kind of sweep through the frequency spectrum. Yes. And so I think a rotating speaker like a Leslie is kind of doing that by way of just rotating around, right? Because yeah, when it's, it's not facing you, it's it's not giving you any high end. So like yeah. as long as you're, you know, you're stationary or the microphone is stationary, then you do get it, that frequency sweep. So that's why to me um, I, I associate the sound of like a flanger or a phaser with rotation because, sure. you know, because of that, that Leslie speaker. So I think, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that like I would lump these two together. So say, for instance, that sound of hitting a chord and getting almost that growth <sighs> while you're hitting the chord. It's really satisfying sounding for certain things like a, a bunch of reverb. You know, you hit like they put this in for sure in reverb and delay pedals and it mm-hmm. makes them sound more expensive. Uh, you right. know, so uh, in terms of phaser, though, a big uh, proponent of the phaser is Eddie Van Halen. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. I think it's the MXR Phase 90. That's right. Another orange pedal. Um, he would leave it on just the tiniest bit um, so that you would barely hear it. I, I I think it's so that you would barely hear it, but also, too, that it would be moving very slowly. So it wouldn't right. be going, you know, when you hit a chord, it would be like, this sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, if you listen to most Eddie Van Halen stuff, uh, he's going to have a phaser on there. Um, I mean, if you like something like We Will Rock You, the solo that has a phaser, these are all over like 70s. 80s stuff as well but it's like pretty heavy-handed mm-hmm. um the one the ones that are i most use are chorus and flanger and phaser i don't really touch um as much flanger maybe on a reverb but this next one i use all the time and it's more associated with country that's why so tremolo oh yeah uh, yeah so tremolo i mean any low you know uh single note guitar or any chord rung out, you know, in a more traditional country song is going to Boulevard have that. of Broken Dreams by Green Sure, yeah. yeah. So what, what it's doing is it's taking the note and it's increasing and decreasing the volume. I think it's just decreasing the volume, right? Yeah, and it has different curves. So yeah. you can have like a, a sine wave curve or like a square wave curve where it's like, ha, 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 yeah. really yeah, choppy. Yeah, you can have you more know? intense ones, or right? Or the sine wave would be like, wom, 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 wom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's literally just kind of just yeah volume manipulation. But it sounds so uh, musical. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's uh, to be honest, I use like a tremolo, and then the tremolo is uh, being fed to a reverb or a delay, and it's that's like makes me like a synth almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you you get like more atmospheric sort of stuff going on. So it's like the combination of that with chorus or flanger. It's uh, pretty useful. One thing that I don't use that fits into the modulation category is vibrato. Ever use vibrato? I see. I To me, maybe I have the wrong idea here, but yeah. vibrato and tremolo are really close to the same thing. They are me. very close. And they but sound like, is close. vibrato changing your pitch at all? Yes. That's okay. from, from my understanding, vibrato is changing your pitch. But because it's so fast and so slight, it does kind of come across as tremolo. Right. Uh, I would love to know some like classic songs with vibrato on it because 
you know, it just pays to know these things well. And, you know, uh, that's a, a funny thing. People be like, man, that guitar sounds so good. And it's like, no, I just got my tones right for this song. You know, like I could play a fucking squire and, you know, if I have the right amp and I've set my tones right and I'm hitting it right, uh, it's going to sound better than someone who's on, you know, a 1960s Stratocaster who doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't, didn't dial in their tones. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, so knowing these things, you know, uh, is pretty neat. There's another one that I actually can't even speak to. Uh, I would love it if you knew about it. Ring modulator. Don't know anything about ring modulation. I've never heard it and enjoyed it. <laughs> it like kind of changes the pitch of your guitar. It's like so obvious. It's like almost turns your guitar into like a synth that sounds like mm. shit. Uh, but <laughs> like it, it's different. I just don't know how to use it and I've never heard it and been like, this is a good decision. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, did we mention that all the, the, the bucket of effects we just talked about, chorus, flanger, phaser, yeah. tremolo, are all uh, modulation yes. effects? And did I don't we mention what, that? I don't know what qualifies them as a modulation effect. You know what I mean? Like maybe the process that creates them, modulating well, they're alter. They're kind of altering the, the sound. I don't know. Yeah. That's the way I just think of them as they, they kind of affect the – the pitch or the whatever of the, the actual note, you know, whereas yeah. like, um, well, obviously distortion and overdrive is all about harmonic distortion. Yeah. Um, these are actually sort of affecting the pitch or, um, uh, I guess in the case of tremolo, the, the volume, literal volume. Yeah. Um, and then uh, reverbs and delays are, they would be classified as time-based, time-based effects. effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is interesting because sometimes reverb, I don't even register it as time based if it's like really short mm-hmm. delay. Well, one thing we didn't talk about is like slapback reverb or slapback delay. Oh, slapback delay. Which is a very, is um, very sort of traditional, old school kind of sounding thing. If you ever listen to like a vocal on, especially on country or like uh, southern rock More like or sassy like aggressive yeah or even like indie music and it's just like it sounds if it sounds old school to you that's exactly it's got a slap it. reverb on it that is exactly uh, or slap delay it could be either or um which is just a very very short um amount of reverb or delay after the sound the sort of so you, so you get your sound and then you get a little sound right after it ah, ah. yeah yeah it, <laughs> and uh and it can be really fast so like at, like every like elvis presley tune you know i'm, yeah. I'm assuming every single one but i don't actually know but i feel like, like you the know, guitar and a lot of twangy yeah uh, guitar johnny cash like yeah things, when he's yeah. doing that it's always got big time uh, slap yeah. back so those are those are really fun i mean so that would be it for modulation for me uh, mm-hmm. So, so far we have sort of distortion or overdrive based effects. Uh, and then we have time based. Uh, and then we get down to like stuff that is mostly guitar stuff. Uh, so stuff like right. wall pedals. Wall pedal, I feel like is one of the most, like the second most uh, recognizable guitar sounds. Um, so say someone, if you've ever listened to Jimi Hendrix, chances are wall pedal has made it into there. Wah, wah, wah. You know, here, here it is. Effect sounds Bow, like that. Chicka, wah, wah. That's exactly it. Or uh, the beginning of "Let's Get It On." Wah, 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 yeah. Wah. Yep. I'm feeling fine. I'm 
Is that what I've it been a tribe, Oh, there you go. I don't know lyrics. Um, um, man, but. I've never been good with with a wah pedal. It takes practice. It's Will was hard. So good with it. Yeah. After Humber, that was his sound. Like lots of distortion and a wah, yeah. and just hitting really hard. Yeah, you can just like play like one note, and that and that sounds, sounds so sick. Yeah, yeah. I've only it, ever really used like an auto wah on you know whatever yeah. pedal I've had. Never been good with the manual wah. It's, it's a hard hole to in do my game, man. With lead playing, uh, it's so cool with lead playing. I need to get a wah. I this is so embarrassing. I lost my wah. <laughs> Uh, I think I have this a, is what I get for having a brother who plays music. I lent it to him and he gave it back to me and it just never got back on my pedal board. And it's like a I have an old Dunlop pedal. of his. Maybe it's yours. Maybe no, I have yours. It's like a, a – it's not a Dunlop one. It's like mm. a – it's a pretty fancy one. I can't even remember what it is. Mm. Um, but uh, Wah is, is – Pretty fucking cool. But even for rhythm, rhythm, it's pretty straightforward to get a basic sense of. Uh, lead is tough, you know. Uh, and the other thing people will do with wah is what they call a cocked wah. Yes. Where they'll turn the wah on, but they won't move it up and down. They'll just get into one position where it kind of has a cone filter type sound. Yep. Um, I think Mark Knopfler does that a fair bit. There you go. Um, on like um, Money for Nothing, like the intro to that yeah, tune. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a, it, it's a sound once you hear a cocked wah you're like it's pretty hard like no amps just sound like that out of the gate now hard to, the, yeah it's hard to get that sound any other way yeah. with a wah i is it it's rolling it's like focusing the tone on a particular spectrum of the eq it's kind of like i think it's an eq bump and then it moves it around i think yeah, that's what it's yeah. doing yeah um so it's i mean I don't know how it does it. You can emulate this. Like if you take the tone knob of your guitar, hit a chord and then go and rotate it in time. Yeah. That's kind of like a shittier version of a wall pedal. Yeah. Um, but there's but, definitely so much, but yeah, if you were to like pull up an EQ in pro tools and just bump up, push up a, a dot and just start wiggling it around side to side, that would kind of yeah sound like a wall. Yeah. And so I don't know what to really call these category effects. Um, that's why they're all grouped together. The next one is like an auto wall or it's called a filter, auto filter. Mm -hmm. um, and it does sort of the work for you, but it's a different, it's a different sound. Like it's not cheating. Uh, I guarantee you though, the first people who encountered it is probably like, ah, I just, I'm just good with a wall. But an auto right. filter is like quicker almost to me. And it's more customizable. If I hit a note with an auto filter, it has a sensor. And if I'm, Hitting too lightly, the wah does not happen. If oh, I cool. hit the the right hardness, I get that. Wah, 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 wah. It's like really quick. Uh, I'm trying to think of songs that have auto wahs on it. Uh, anybody listens to Vol Volpeck? You know, I don't. About? But I've Corey I've, Wong. I've heard of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that guy who's just like his right hand is just fapping around. Um, you know, there's there's lots of auto filter on that. Um. But I mean, it's a specific sound. I mean, if you don't know these sounds, you should check them out because your guitar player might be picking them up. Uh, your producer might be putting, you know, a uh, crazy amount of like, or he might be putting like a flanger on, on you know, some reverb on your voice and be like, I don't like that, you know. 
Um, mm. It's just cool to note too, because it can be pretty creative. I mean, other effects that I didn't mention, like pitch shifter, compression. Compression it, on a guitar is a sound, uh, but since we're briefly going to talk about plugins, it's more, I feel like it's more plug-in territory. Yeah, I mean, a compressor's nice. Um, I, I, I I wasn't playing with a compressor until I got my Helix Way really? back in there. I'd never used a compression pedal at all. And I found it was... It makes yeah, it so I mean, it's easy. A, it's a subtle... What's that? It makes it so easy to play. That's the thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And especially like compressing like into your... You know, if you're doing like a high gain sound or whatever, it just juices yeah. it up in a really nice yeah. way. Yeah, and you just don't have to be as like... It just it makes your guitar more forgiving. It's the best. Um, it's if you're doing like really, legato really nice. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, I mean, that's true. Like any like hammer on pull off stuff, oh. like it's so much smoother with compression. And then you can get the real like tight kind of funk sound too with with a For compressor sure. because you don't have um, to you don't have to worry about oh I'm hitting this harder and hitting this lighter. In terms of compression, I mean another obvious example of it is like twangy clean country guitar. Something like um, yep. if you ever listen to some days you got to dance Keith Urban. Like literally everyone, every clean country guitar has compression on it. That's yeah. like you know around the time that they made it um but uh another one that i was just thinking of oh gosh chattahoochee any of that mm-hmm. brent mason stuff that era of clean guitar with the telecaster it's got a ton of compression the pedal though you know and then they yeah. put compression on afterwards but other ones that i didn't mention are like cab simulators which simulate the sound of a you know a guitar cab uh so the guitar speaker this doesn't really apply to anyone but guitarists. Amp simulators, same thing. The the thing me Alan, uh, me and Al joke about, like the Helix or the Quad Cortex, they do sort of an amp sim cab simulator thing. Uh, impulse response is a very similar idea. Uh, not really worth talking because they're not really widely, you know, apl- applicable to what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, so th- that's as far as it gets with guitar pedals. So um, just before we move on from this, yeah. can we just can we talk about what order you put these in yeah. on your pedal board yeah. or your your process or whatever? Like it starts with, for me, it starts with uh, if I'm using a pitch shifter uh, sure. to like actually change my tuning between songs or whatever, which is not really like the drop tune pedal, like or the something. drop tuning pedal, like that has to go right at the front, right? Yeah, and then there's maybe a noise gate after that. Um, sure. Yeah. To you know, tighten up anything, and then compression Get rid of the guitar hum, compression for sure. Yeah. And then all the gain staging stuff, like the 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 overdrive distortion, like that kind of stuff, is next, right? Yep. And yep. then, uh, I guess like the like the modulation can go after modulation go after yeah. distortion or before. I, I would I put would after, the right? modulation. Uh, depending on generally, I'm not going to put mod modulation with like a distorted guitar tone anyway. So it, I, to me, it's not as, well, if you're going to put like trim, if you're going to put like a hard trim on your distortion. On distorted guitar though, not yeah, as often. I would probably put it afterwards though. Yeah, I, go I agree. Yeah. Cause I don't and want, then, you don't want to like say for instance, you know, the next thing they would go after, you're inevitably going to say something like a reverb or a delay, right? Yeah, the time-based stuff would go last, yeah. And, like, the reason why you don't want to put that before your distortion pedals is because 
I make a reverb sound and it has this nice, you know, lush full sound. And then I stick a distortion on it and it distorts not only my guitar, but it distorts the reverb too, which is an effect, but I'm not going to want to be married to that, you know? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, not to say that you can't get cool results from changing these orders around, but I think that's generally um the way to go now something like a wah pedal would also go at the very front at the very uh, front now uh, i have troubles with wah because i don't want to put it before compression because Mm. then sometimes see sometimes i do if i'm doing rhythm and i want it to be consistent and not have any peaks Mm -hmm. but if i'm playing a lead thing and i want like when i sweep that wah i want it to like almost hurt you know yeah uh, then I'm going to want to have it after the compressor. I mean, this is really guitar specific stuff, but that stuff is important. Order of effects. Uh, and I, I'll just, one other thing uh, is that you can put a gate after um, anything that you want. But in particular, I've seen some metal setups where they've got yeah. a noise gate after all their distortion pedals. Yeah, just to sort of hiss. get rid of the, the hiss. Yeah, so yeah. you can always put another gate sort of midway through your chain. And I think when I'm boosting for leads, I have an EQ. We were talking about that before where like I'm pushing up 1K or whatever. Yeah, so like Um, a mid-hump thing, yeah. And I think that's after my amp on my Cortex. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the amp so that you don't get – because sometimes the amp is so good at taking signal that it's hard to really get the boost. You just drive the amp a bit more and it's like I'm not – I'm not getting a meaningful volume boost to cut through yeah. over the band. So I'll actually put the boost after the amp. And I will also sometimes, uh, quite often, actually put the reverb and delays after the amp as well. You were saying, yeah. Uh, I just find especially reverb uh, tends to work better One on the thing, digital rigs after the amp. I would want your opinions on this and a bunch of, like if I could sample a bunch of audio engineers or mix engineers' thoughts on it is like, what is the difference between having reverb on a pedal on the guitar? Like obviously other than the control that you have versus having it on a plugin afterwards. Cause they, they're mm-hmm. different sounds. They have to be, you know what I mean? Like one's like yeah. it's more colored. Um, well, I mean the main thing, there's two main things and this is the question on the, like, do you record dry or do you like get yeah. your sound and record? So the, the two main things you want to consider uh, number one is you have more control over edits. Yeah, uh, it's not that big of a deal. It's it seems like it's going to be a really big deal, and then when you get into it, and you're like, oh, there's already delay or reverb on this. It's like it's not that bad, as unless it's, it's like a really set, right? exposed uh, part. Then you don't want to have printed effects well, on it. You can't it, really put but, it in stereo as well, unless. But you that was the second thing I was going to yeah. mention. Yeah, is is you don't have stereo unless you're recording stereo, which doesn't always happen often doesn't happen in my world so if i put the reverb on the guitar after the fact i could make it stereo how often do i actually want to do that uh not very because it does cloud up the mix right so i would i would actually lean towards if you've got a really cool thing going on with a a time-based effect right on the guitar i would probably just record it in yeah um especially if now, if you're not sure, if you're like, man, I think this is cool, but I'm I'm a little nervous. I don't know. Maybe it's too yeah. much. I don't know how it's going to sound when it's coming out of the speakers. Then don't you know leave it off or record a dry signal and yeah. and and have the option. But honestly, like more often than not, it's just like, man, just yeah, just throw that on there. Especially if it's like a really nice, 
like a lot of these delays and reverbs, they have like a subtle bit of like, you know, chorus on them or some sort of yeah. modulation that just sounds great. And it might it be like saves an analog time, delay. Man. Then yeah, later also, when you're editing and mixing, yeah. you don't have to pull these things up. You already have the yeah. sound and it's like, it's there and yeah. you have to reproduce it. You know, you have to yeah. like, be like, oh, I had that delay that sounded so good. But what is Don't be that? afraid of commitment, folks. Just get it on, get it on tape. Um, the, the ones that I was going to mention after this is the plugins. And this is more applicable to, these are the ones that you generally wouldn't put on a guitar. Uh, the other ones you would, you could put on a vocal, you could put on cymbals and shit like that. I mean, stuff mm -hmm. like a limiter, you know, it just limits the peaks. Uh, it's, it's mostly to get shit loud. Have you ever used limiter as creative thing? Um, no, but I mean, you definitely could. I, it, it would be neat. A limiter is a bit more of a technical tool. Like it just, it just yeah. literally stops a sound from getting any louder than where you set it. Yeah. Um, which makes you able to get the average volume of the signal quite high um, although you yeah. will run, you will run into distortion and weird artifacts and, and things if you go too far. So usually a limiter is just sort of tapping, uh, clipping off, you know, one or two dB of signal on your, your mix bus. I've used it for like, uh, shakers and tambourines where like the, so the, the accented notes are way louder oh, than the quieter wow. notes. And yeah. I just need, I want to get it to a place where I can hear the chicka, 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 need chicka, a better shaker player. You know, Tell Richie's well, fired. <laughs> oh, it's never, would never be from Rich. Those, <laughs> um, never, never from Rich. The other ones that I was mentioning. For Always plugins, professional. The proest. Rich. Uh, Rich De Silva, don't hire him. He doesn't know how to play shaker. Um, screw that guy. He plays Shaker beautifully. He does. He does. I don't want to, you know, put Rio out of house and home. So <laughs> you should hire him a bunch and give him money. So noise, noise gate. We already talked. We already about. talked about saturation yeah. is an interesting thing. Um, the yeah. idea that a clean signal, like if you could record a guitar direct into, you know, your computer, the sound of that is cool for an effect. But nine times out of ten, you're gonna be like, that sounds like shit. And so what you're doing when you're putting a guitar through a speaker, it's doing a bunch of things and through an amplifier. But a big thing is it's saturating it. And the same thing can be done for vocals and all these other things to, you know, maybe take off some of the brightness, add some fullness, add some character. I mean, it's definitely not, you never get a saturation pedal, but saturation is fucking cool. Um, yeah, it's not something I've ever had good success with on the plug-in level. Yeah. But I suppose any... You have a preamp though. Oh, yeah, any premiums, any like baby. analog gear that's that's sort of given some love is is doing it partially. It's hard to pinpoint what it's doing too. Partially plug in the it in, it's like oh yeah, oh maybe <laughs> very subtle. Yeah, uh, one that I don't know how to use appropriately is widening stereo widening. Um, yeah, it's a weird effect. Uh, yeah. Essentially, what it does is it splits up the um, the frequency spectrum and throws some of the frequencies to one side and throw some of the frequencies to the and other side. And it's like tricking your ears into feeling something that they're not. I mean, in my, in my opinion, it just makes the sound, sound, sound weird. Like yeah, it does, see, I don't, I'm I've not, never really used it. I just yeah. know it exists. Like and on a mono signal, like you're not listening to a mono signal and being like, wow, that sounds stereo. Like a mono signal yeah. is never going to, what, it's never going to sound stereo. Like stereo is two different sounds coming at you from two different yeah. sides, right? That's what gives the illusion of space. If you want to make something stereo, 
you know, run it through a, a stereo reverb or a stereo delay. Like that'll do a lot or more. Or record for that. it with two guitars. Uh, um, or yeah, record two parts and, and split them. Make um, massive. What you can do with widening, I, I, which um, I don't know if I have this on my mix bus currently, but I did at some point is you can do the stereo widening thing on your mix bus on a mix, which is already stereo. And it does enhance um, the width and kind of makes it sound like it's sort of coming out of the very edges of the speaker. I think I – I actually don't know. Uh, We're actually about to do an episode on my mix template, so I'll have a look. But I think I got rid of it because I just found that it was was just adding too much uh, sweetness that it it didn't need it. Um, But it can be a cool thing if you feel like your mix is a little, you know, blah. Can, it's can it's just interesting away. that it exists. I don't know the science behind it, uh, and I'm sure 20 years from now I will. But well, maybe, I just told you, yeah, you know, you know. But I just like <laughs> it, I like could hear certain things with a guitar, and I'm like, man, this needs that. Oh, I see. I've, what you mean. I've never like listened to like a mix and been like, needs to be wider. You know, I yeah. I sure they do, but I can't pick that out. I'm like, doesn't sound good. That mix doesn't sound good. And it's like, I, I mean, I think the reason is because it's pretty niche. Sure, it just doesn't come up. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, but that's like that's the, the my spiel about audio effects. I just think that anyone who's a musician, unless you're a drummer and you don't record uh, and you don't intend to produce, uh, it, I mean, <laughs> know the things that are specifically referenced to your instrument, but. Uh, I think that these are all pretty valuable to have an understanding of unless you want to just go into the studio and sing and then the producer does his thing and you just trust what he does completely, which is terrifying. That's what you should do if you work with the agenda. The agenda. Trust us implicitly. (laughs) Give us all the power. That's right. Fucking Emperor Um, Palpatine over here. So, Um, no, I mean, you know, if you you, learning, learning about things is fun. That's what we're here to do. So yeah. hopefully, uh, you know, dear listener, you've learned uh, something new today. Uh, if you want to like hit us up and let us know all the like technical shit we just got wrong, oh. uh, you could you could do that on our Instagram page at Music Guy Podcast. We also have a Facebook page. Um, we also have a website, MusicGuyPodcast dot com. You can find all the old episodes. Uh, you can find me at Alro Music. Mike is at Bruno the Meek. Uh, and like I said, you know, give, give a good reviews to the show or bad reviews. Give us a one star review. That's just cool too. Attention. Um, any, good. you know, any press, good press. Um, and, uh, subscribe. Johnson. Yeah. Tweet at celebrities, let them know about the podcast. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's our spiel for today. Do you have anything, any closing thoughts? I think as a bit, we should always mention Tagging Dwayne the Rock. Dwayne Johnson. the Rock. I could uh, see it. You know, maybe he'll take us under his wing. We'll see if it comes up next episode. Okay. I'll Bye, everybody. Sure. We love you. Bye for now. <laughs>